0: boys come on boys boom the boys are back and this is an episode that i've been waiting to do oh my goodness for the better part of 8 really 9 months and that is previewing game number 1 of the k state football season k state versus south dakota but before we get to far down the road. Yeah, crack open my towny wheat from Manhattan Brewing Company. I don't care if they aren't even aware of my campaign for this, but it is the tailgate beer of 2022. It is crisp. It is delicious. I'm not kidding. This has to be one of the best American wheat beers out there and I think I saw on Twitter that they just dropped a blueberry townie wheat. You have to go check that out. When you're in Manhattan, grab a couple pints in their tap room, grab a four pack, and take it to Bill Snyder Family Stadium. With you Again, make sure you're following them on social media because you know all their beer releases, you know all the events. They have a big one coming up on September 19th where they will have Stan Weber in the house. September 15th they're going to have their Oktoberfest event. And you know we are pumped about one of their latest releases, the Pumpkin Batch Pumpkin Pie Beer. Later on this month, or maybe into early October... Uh, They're going to have a citrusy IPA called Swag Team 6 that is in partnership with the K-State Equipment Team. So again, make sure the next time you're in Manhattan, grab a pint, grab a couple four-packs, and enjoy our friends over at Manhattan Brewing Company. They're rocking with us all football season long. And also, the great part about uh, my show during this show, no edits, I just pause it for a little bit. Take a big old slug of my Manhattan Brewing beer, and then I just get right back to it, and y'all never have any idea. I'll run into trouble on the live show, which will be going live Wednesday, 7 p.m., because I'll be trying to sneak drinks in, muting myself, but don't have to worry about them for this one. Coming to you guys from Shawnee, the Shawnee Podcast Labs, with my trusty co-host, Chauncey Bosco, the Wonder Pup. He's a good boy. He is pumped about it. He has uh, some new K-State bandanas sent to us from Alex, one of the great boneheads that he'll be rocking this Saturday. Um, But let's get into it. Um, The the preview shows this year are going to look a little bit different. If you guys didn't hear me on Monday, uh, we have taken all the primers, all the Wildcat Roundup, that type of stuff, and we're moving it to its own show on Thursday. So you'll get to hear that tomorrow. We got some great, primers coming your way i'm not kidding jazz you you guys have probably seen her doing sideline for k-state soccer and uh k-state volleyball she has her own show on 91.9 absolute stud giving the wildcat roundup we got our friend Derek young coming to us to give the k-state primer we have philip slavin who will be giving us the big 12 game of the week something that we are adding into the show this year. And then we got John Thayer from South Dakota. He is the play-by-play guy for the Coyotes, uh, football and men's basketball. Has his own podcast, The Yoke Cast. So check them out. I am pumped to bring you guys... That as its own standalone episode. But we will always talk about any sort of K-State news. We'll get into Coach Kleiman's press conference. We're going to talk about some of the things I'm going to be watching. Some of the things that this game will mean. We'll have our keys to V. We'll have our game predictions where I'm going head-to-head with the Boneheads. Uh, So it it is going to look similar to those years, but we are breaking out the primers and roundup and giving it its own show on Thursdays moving forward this year. Let's start in it with the news. The the big news has been the K-State depth chart. So not a lot of surprises. Nothing was that crazy. There is It was fun to see seven freshmen on the two deep. That is a high number uh, from what we have seen for that week one depth chart with Chris Kleiman in this Chris Kleiman era. And hell, any era of K-State football, seven on that week one is a pretty good number, including three true freshmen. All three of them on the defensive side of the ball. Jake Clifton at weak side linebacker. VJ Payne at free safety and Jacob Parrish at cornerback. It is so much fun to see these three guys on defense, and those aren't the only ones. This we had a great defensive recruiting class because you got Toby O just waiting to get there in there as well, and it is fun to see those three true freshmen. Uh, you know, on the two deep with four redshirt freshmen as well, including uh, Andrew Linegang, because uh, he is on that two line behind KT Lev. KT Lev is going to be the starting uh, left tackle, pushing Cooper BB officially to left guard. Again, I have a little bit of anxiety with uh, KT Levinson playing left uh, tackle. When we saw that back in 2020, it was it wasn't great. It wasn't great. Until Cooper Beebe started taking over that spot, it it, it was rough. Now, KT Lev said cuz he was one of the breakout guys that he dropped, you know, 6% of his body fat. If you follow K-State on social media, K-State football, you've seen how cut and how ripped he's looking. It does I know it's like a cliche, it's on the bingo card of preseason football, but he truly does look to be in the best shape of his life. Now, Uh, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but there are some very high hopes for KT Levison out there at left guard, uh, or at left tackle. See, I I need to left tackle. Um, I'm still nervous about it. I want to see him really dominate this lower level talent in, uh, you know, South Dakota. Again, I say lower level, but they were in the FCS playoffs last year. You know, they're playing in the most dominant, uh, conference in college football and that's the Missouri Valley Football Conference they have again year in year out you know close to 30 percent of the FCS top 25 they have a ton I mean they have seven teams some some years in the top 25 they are To FCS football, what SEC fans think the SEC is to FBS. So while they may be the least talented team on K-State's schedule, it's them or Tulane, um, it's going to be salty. Again, they took KU to the wire, and they probably should have beat KU last year. Um, So we, we need to see KT Love have a good game um gilliam and panzer they both this has been the one we've all been kind of watching the last couple weeks because it's been signaled to us for a while that kt love was going to start left tackle they have an or between them poitier and panzer also have an or between them at right right guard that leads me to believe we should expect gilliam to be that starting center and i think you're going to see panzer be the guy who bounces from right to left uh guard and center. I think he's the predominant backup at all three interior offensive line spots. I want to see him, you know, he's, he's another one of those young guys again, nothing against Gilliam who actually is getting a a NIL deal with uh, Culver's thanks to his mic'd up practice that went viral on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Um, No offense to him. I want to see the younger guy. I think he's a mauler. I think he's going to be legitimately, borderline all big 12 good before his time at k-state is over um so i want to see that but again i, I trust Connor riley uh, while i might be nervous about you know a couple of these decisions i do trust him the other thing that really uh caught my eye christian moore is listed on top of jacksonine there is an or there for starting fullback now, Kleiman alluded to Jax being banged up in camp, which led to him missing a lot of practices, and that allowed Christian Moore uh, to get a lot of snaps, a lot of the first and second team snaps, and he excelled. So I think that is good for the offense, especially since this is Jax uh senior year at K-State. I don't know if he'll use his super senior season or not, but it's good to have depth. You know, As one of Jax biggest fans, I want to see him out there. Uh, but I, I'm a K-State football fan over a Jacksonine fan. I'm sure we're going to see a lot of both of them. Jacksonine knows what he's doing, so once he's probably up to game shape, I would assume he is going to get back in front of Christian Moore on that uh, depth chart, DJ Giddens officially beats out Tony Frias. Um, I, I I'm pumped. I think DJ going to get into patered a couple times. I think he's going to be around 300 400 yards rushing this season. I'm excited for him. Nate Matlack is being listed as the starter opposite of Felix, but I would imagine Pickle will start and get uh, probably more snaps than Nate Matlack versus some of the teams that run two tight ends a lot more. You know, think of like Iowa State. Baylor at times did that a lot So I think you're really going to see those two Mixing and matching based on Scenarios, based on defensive personnel I think you'll see those guys running In and out for each other uh, Any given uh, series Austin Moore listed as the starter At the weak side linebacker Uh, We get confirmation that Will Honus Has been injured, he will not be available For the game on Saturday The Jack safety is uh, Drake Cheatham or Sincere Mason Uh, The other two safeties are transfers, Kobe Savage from Tyler and Josh Hayes from uh, uh, Virginia previously at North Dakota State, played a year with them. So again, nothing too crazy. I'm not, nothing is alarming. Again, uh, if you would have asked me to try to pencil in the 22 starters, um, I probably would have gone... Uh, especially with the whispers of Will Honus's injury, I probably would have gone twenty-one of twenty-two uh, because I might have had Sincere Mason in front of Drake Cheatham. They have an or, uh, and same with Jax. I, I, I definitely wouldn't have had Jax with an or there. But again, it, it is about what we expected. Nothing too crazy. But again, I I do like touching on that. Getting into Kleiman's press conference, he was noticeably excited. I I think you can always, I, I don't think Chris Kleiman is very good at hiding his emotions and what he's thinking based on his body language, based on the way he talks to the media. You could tell during the COVID season. And during some losing streaks, you can tell when it's weighing on him. I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't know if that's a bad thing. But I don't, I I think if you sit down and watch the full Chris Kleinman press conferences, you will never be tricked into what he is feeling. And And when he's excited, that gets me excited. That was my first thing. You know, he, he, again, you can, you can tell when he's feeling himself, when he's feeling confident, when he's making some jokes with the media. You got a couple of those. Uh, So I'm excited. He says he is planning on playing a lot of guys, especially on special teams. Uh, We'll get to something later, and I'll just get to it right now. He talked about having a three deep on all three levels of special teams, and he says that he's going to use those regardless of the game situation. Now, I'm calling bullshit on that one. If, If we're in a situation like we were the last time we played South Dakota or versus Southern Illinois last year, I, I think that's bullshit. I don't think he's going to be playing the third-team kickoff coverage if we're kicking off in the fourth quarter only up four points. I think he's lying. Uh, but, but I think it does say a lot about him how he wants to get a lot of these guys on the field. Uh, he said they are coming out of camp healthier and more uh, with more legs underneath them than they have the entire time he's been at K-State. Will Honus is the only guy who is ruled out for this first game. He credited a lot of it to their different load management, how they were rotating work around all fall camp. And he also said that they started practices a little bit later versus you know first thing in the morning to give the guys an extra hour, hour and a half of sleep all camp as well. I like the way Chris Kleiman has gone about this fall camp, preseason camp, if Callis is listening. granted I don't I don't have the exact schedule I can only go off of things he said whispers I've heard coming out of camp but it sounds like he has taken some real good feedback from coach true from the training staff and really collected a true game plan to maybe not work as hard and that's probably not a good way to phrase it maybe not um as in Even saying intense isn't the right word, but doing the load management, doing some of these smaller things like moving back the first practice of the day a little bit farther back, taking some of this data, some of this research, some of this nutrition stuff, sports science, when it comes to getting the best out of your players and, again, setting them up to be ready that run to Arlington you have that three game stretch late you have possibly a 13th regular season game before bowl season it's going to be important to stay healthy it's going to be important to try to be as fresh as you can towards the end of the season so you can achieve all these goals I like Chris Kleiman making those changes you've heard everyone has heard of the you know galaxy brain macho guy uh you know head coach Look up north at Scott Frost bragging about how often his linemen were throwing up. That's not how things are being done down in Manhattan. I think that is setting this team up for success. He really highlighted Josh Hayes in this press conference. He was talking about a guy who played corner his entire career and even started off there in the spring. But really, the defensive staff decided he was going to be a perfect fit For their free safety spot. Uh, Said that he had to learn how to play zone from the free safety spot. But he had a great spring. A great summer. And then a great preseason camp. He also gave some love to the other safeties as well. After talking a lot about Josh Hayes. He said they're going to play a lot of guys in the secondary. And I think we really will see a lot of dudes at uh, all three safety spots. Free, strong, and Jack. Uh, He also made sure to say both Panzer and Gilliam are going to play center. He said Panzer can play all three spots in the interior. He's going to be the swing guard. Gilliam can only play center. He said, again, both people will play center. I hate that. I absolutely hate him saying that. I hope he's lying because I do not like the idea of rotating my center in game. I, I don't like that. Now, if there's an injury, I get it. But I do not like going back and forth, especially when you have – It still goes under center some. And even when you are snapping it back, it's going to look different coming out of both guys' hands. I played center in high school, not very well. But there is – it is different. It's going to come out differently. I don't want to be every third series switching up the center. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. If you're saying Gilliam is the better center, and you truly believe that, you need to stick with him. Get Panzer in when you need to give Taylor Portier a blow. When you want to kick uh, Cooper Beebe out to left tackle for a drive, let him play left guard. That is what you need to do. I do not want rotating center. Now, for South Dakota, as long as things are going to plan, okay, because again, I, I, I want Panzer to be the starter, starter at center. I 100% do. But I almost feel like they are putting they, they, they think high enough of Panzer and what he can do in all three interior spots that they don't want to make him the starter at center. I don't know if that's true. That's me projecting. Uh, but I don't want rotation at center. Find who the best center is and stick with him. Center is the position only behind the quarterback when it comes to guys I do not want rotating on offense or defense defense I don't care you have to rotate defense keep guys fresh um but I I I, I just I just do not want to see that we'll see if it happens on Saturday and if it does I really hope we do not see it versus Missouri I hope we do not see it versus Tulane I think you need to pick a guy and just go with it um he was asked about true freshmen on the two deep and asked, are they going to be treated differently than other guys on the two deep in order to possibly preserve the red shirt? You can play in four games and retain your red shirt. Chris Kleiman said, no, if a true freshman is on the depth chart, the plan is to play them. I think that leads me to believe that my prediction, uh, early on, uh, is not going to be accurate. I think you're going to see Jake Clifton, I think you're going to see VJ Payne. I think you're going to see uh Jacob Parrish. All three, Clifton, Parrish, Payne, all three of them burn their redshirt this season. I think you're going to see it and I think you're going to see all three of those guys on special teams. I think you're going to see all three of those guys playing defensive snaps. I think we're probably going to see them in, you know, probably 9 or 10 games this season. And I definitely think you're going to see them versus South Dakota. He did have high praise for South Dakota. says they're big in the trenches, return a lot of guys on that offensive and defensive line, has a veteran quarterback that's going to make them dangerous. High praise for Bob Nielsen, the head coach of South Dakota. Again, that is one thing you're never – and I don't think any football coach disrespects an FCS team, but I don't think you're ever going to get even a whiff of pretentiousness. I, I mean, Chris Kleiman, football's football guy, a guy coming from North Dakota State – you're not ever going to have to worry about him taking these guys lightly. And hopefully, the culture is so that you don't ever have to. Granted, last season, uh, the injury to Skyler took the air out of the building, took the air out of the team. God forbid anything like that happen again. But I don't think anytime you're coming into a game fully healthy, a K-State team under Chris Kleiman is ever going to take an FCS team lightly. Because, again, I think Chris Kleiman had like an insane record taking down FBS teams while he was at North Dakota state. When asked specifically about what he wanted to accomplish, uh coach said he was really looking to get a lot of game guys, game reps, Uh, have to start getting to know how some of these guys can get on the field, what they give you before you get down to the travel roster for when you go to Oklahoma, uh, that is something I, I don't really think about uh, or usually think about is that travel roster size where you do have to cut it down for away games. You really do have to make sure that you are confident going two, two and a half deep on all the special teams uh, while still having to worry about your you know, 22 on offense and on defense. And, and I think that's never going to be something that is lost on Chris Gleimann. He said the entire team... From support staff, coaches, players, they went through a mock game on Friday where they stayed at the hotel on Thursday, went through the entire game day routine, made sure, you know, some of the coaches, you know, Brian Lepac, uh, you know, it's going to be his first time, well, I guess he was he was the coach for the bowl game, but uh, Thad Ward, you uh, know, Colin Klein they're they're all they all know where they're going to be on the field they're working through communication all the players got to go through that field so the first time they're going through the game day routine will not be when you have 50,000 strong and again the game is closing in on a sellout I think there are less than a thousand tickets left for sale I think somewhere around 700 left on K-State's website so if you don't have tickets if you're on the fence go check them out uh, get them before they are gone. It's going. I, I'm going to be pleasantly surprised. I was worried looking at ticket sales about a month ago. Uh, K-State has done a great job moving some of those tickets. A uh, lot of praise for Jake Cheatham, calling him a smart player, says he's played a lot of football, brings confidence, and he's a good communicator in that jack spot. He's a mature guy. He's going to split time with Sincere Mason because they both need to see how they develop into that jack spot. Uh, we got confirmation. Khalid Duke will play on Saturday again. I mean, let me see him on the field. Let me see number twenty-nine on the field. Uh, but, but coach said he will play. Doesn't know if it'll be fifteen or fifty snaps. It's not going to be fifty. Uh, still needs to get in the game shape. Uh, DJ Giddens has continued to improve. Uh, everyone knew, he said, everyone ha- has known he's a good runner, but he's improved in the pass routes, pass production, and he says he is ready for college football. I can't wait to see DJ the Blue Jay Giddens out there. I am pumped. Uh, talking about Sean Robinson, said he took almost all the reps. At Sam Backer in the summer said he's an explosive player he's another guy who knows how to play the game very physical can be in coverage can attack great football player he may be near the top of my list of guys I'm excited to see play again four-star quarterback uh, made big plays at, at, at TCU as a quarterback made some plays at Missouri as a quarterback and I think even like as wide receiver for a little bit before flipping over to defense And at times last year, he was one of Missouri's better safeties. So I'm pumped to see what he has. Um, Again, we we touched on earlier, Jack's missed a lot of preseason camp, which is how Christian Moore was able to rise up the depth chart and be in that first spot. Again, I think the person on top of the oar really is the starter. I think we will see Christian Moore start that game. Um, he, He gave a lot of praise to Seth Porter talking about Being one of those veteran guys that they're going to love to lean on in all aspects of uh, special teams. Also gave some love to Shane Porter. So seeing the Porter boys, the Porter brothers being some special team aces this year, I'm looking forward to it. Those two kids, again, both walk-ons. They both actually, I think Seth might be on scholarship. Uh, but they both came in as walk-ons. They come from a K-State family down there in Texas. They're giving it their all. They're going to give it 110% on the field uh, during those special teams plays. Seth is on the two deep as a wide receiver as well, but seeing those guys carry on the tradition of being these special team aces playing on, you know, two, three, four of these special team. Units is going to be special. I'm I'm rooting for the Porter boys. Uh, I I I think we're going going to see some big things from both of them on special teams. And again, I think we're going to see uh, I think we're going to see a lot of Seth playing wide receiver as well. Uh, I mentioned it earlier. They said that they have a group of three deep on all aspects of special teams. They want to use regardless of the game and score. Again, I. I hope that's wrong. We'll see. This is there, there's going to be about eight offensive linemen that they're going to use. Um, and When when asked about KT Lev, uh, he says he's taken a lot of the snaps plus some because uh, Line Gang was out for 10 practices. Uh, he says it's important for KT to have a good uh, season. He's improved a lot since they arrived. Kleiman believes he can be an all-conference player. Uh, but he said line game will play Saturday at left tackle too. If KT Lev is all conference at left tackle, look the fuck out folks, because with Cooper BB at left guard, and if you truly believe KT Lev is going to be an all conference left tackle, watch out, watch out. We're going to be able to run all over the left side. If they truly believe that I, I hope that is true. Uh, The last thing, and this is maybe the most shocking thing from the press conference. And this was the final question of the press conference. And it was asked about Will Howard's red shirt. Will Howard still has never red shirt. Chris Kleiman, his words were, if a helmet pops off, it'll be Jake Rubley going in the game. Sounds like the plan is to redshirt Will Howard. Now, how I took it, I'm taking it a step farther. That tells me that Jake Rubley early on in the season is going to play in mop-up duty. I think if you're up big, it is going to be Jake Rubley who comes into the game, not Will Howard. I think if you're blowing out Missouri, if you're blowing out Tulane, if you're blowing out Oklahoma, Iowa State, basically if it is a blowout situation, or, like Clement said, a helmet pops-off situation, from now until the final four games of the season, I think you're going to see Jake Rubley, not Will Howard. Now, I think this is doing right by Will Howard, trying to give him that redshirt option, but I'm going to tell you this right now. I don't necessarily care to or want to redshirt Will Howard because I think some, I Again, I, I want to see I want to see Avery Johnson get into town and see him develop. But I don't see. I think it would be a disappointment if we're sitting here getting ready for the 2024 you know home opener, and we're talking about Will Howard starting at quarterback and not Avery Johnson, who will be either a sophomore or red shirt freshman there. So I don't know if Chris Klein is trying to do Will Howard a favor to allow him to go transfer and play one more year of college football, his final year uh, as, as a redshirt senior, although he'll have the COVID year as well. I don't know if he's trying to do him a favor or... Uh, well, actually, no. That's not what he's trying to do because Chris Kleiman thinks very highly of Will Howard. Now, I don't know a lot of fans, and I, I'm not in this boat either. I'm not in the, the Will Howard is ever going to be a impactful net positive quarterback for k-state and now i might change my tune this time next year we'll see um so i think he he does i think in, in his heart of hearts the way chris Klein is operating he's planning on will howard being the starting quarterback in 2023 and 2024 and hell maybe even 2025 and that's why he is red shirting will howard this year if they can get away with it i mean we'll see we'll see um, I think that puts to bed any sort of uh, any sort of rumor or idea that he might be used in like a jumbo package or uh, as a goal line quarterback. That's dead. That is absolutely dead now. They're not going to put in gadget plays for Will Howard if they're hoping to redshirt him. That said, I I'm not leaving the game early on Saturday because I want to see Jake Rubley out there. Are they going to let him pass? I don't know. I'd like to see it. Let's see what Jake Rubley has. I'm excited for that. All right, now it's time for me to editorialize a little bit, kind of break down what I'll be watching for, what this game means. Um, Truly, in the macro sense, as long as we win this game, as long as, even if it's by one, even if it's in a not so stellar fashion. in the macro sense, this as long as you win, again, I'm prefacing this, as long as you win, it doesn't really mean much for the season. Because here's the thing, I a lot of the times during this segment last year I talked about the momentum amongst the fans and trying to get the fans uh, to stay bought in, to try to keep the momentum in the program still high. When you're staring down a standing room only 51,000 sellout when the old foe Missouri comes to town next week as long as you beat Missouri and if you do it with a little bit of swagger it 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 does not matter nothing matters about the outcome of this game as long as it's a win because fans are going to be back on board there's going to be swagger there's going to be confidence amongst the players beating an SEC team at home against a former rival. Now, I don't think any of those players give one shit about the rivalry. Some of those guys from Missouri probably might care a little bit. Oh, hey, they didn't recruit me. A little bit of that going on. Uh, but the fan base will be right back on board. We could have uh, the most, you know, 17-16 to 16 style win like back in 2011. It could be like that. the last time South Dakota came into Bill Snyder Family Stadium where you need two late touchdowns to get the win. As long as you turn around, as long as it's a win, and you turn around and then beat Missouri the next week, it doesn't matter. Also, you could you could kick their ass. Deuce Vaughn and Adrian Martinez could look like they're going to be battling each other for the Heisman. You know, Felix and Udk Uzama could get 12 sacks in one game. And if you turn around then lose to Missouri, then then the the balloon is popped as well. So honestly, just win. And in the macro sense, everything's going to be fine. Now, Chris Kahneman wants to play a lot of players. And I don't believe him when he says he's going to do it regardless of the game situation. I do not believe that for one second. Now, if he wants to do that, if he wants to get eyes on guys, we need to win. We need to get up early. We need to get up big. So I, I, I think that to accomplish what Chris and the coaching staff, want, we need to get up early. We need to get up big. So he can accomplish what he wants to playing all these guys. But again, the the, the last year when we played uh, FCS team, again, hopefully a different situation, but you had to come from behind. You had to come up with a big win. The last time South Dakota came to town, again, you needed two late touchdowns to get the win. It would not shock me if this is a... A game where you know it's it's cardiac cats. It would not shock me. It also wouldn't shock me if we turned around and beat them forty-five to six. So I'm hoping it's the latter, so we can see some of these other guys. Now I do think, again, assuming we take care of business, putting that qualifier out there again, I will be watching for some of the big time players to announce themselves to college football. First and foremost, Deuce Vaughn could find himself on some Heisman ballots this fall. Getting into the end zone multiple times and getting over 200 yards from scrimmage would be a good get for him. Will he play enough or get enough touches for that to happen? I'm not sure, especially if we get up early. But to get him to New York, I think he needs to be over 2,000 yards from scrimmage. I think he needs to have at least 20 touchdowns. So Getting ahead of that pace versus one of the worst teams on the schedule, that would be nice and kind of get everything jump-started for his Heisman and award campaigns. Again, and I think even more so because of what happened in Week 0, all eyes are going to be on Adrian Martinez. His former team looked literally, like literally nothing has changed with a different quarterback. Can he prove that he's shaken off that Nebraska stench and play a clean game? Ultimately, we do not need him to have an elite game, but it would be nice to see it. I want to see him play turnover free football. I want to see him make good decisions. And I think that's going to be big for his psyche and to, again, kind of kind of say more to the regional media, "Hey, it was them, not me." And he's never going to come out and say he is an upstanding guy. He's not he's not even going to have some flip up like Casey Thompson did get, getting forced to compare, you know, the players at Texas to the players at Nebraska. But I think if he goes out there, plays a clean game, it's a blowout win, no turnovers. He makes a couple nice plays, a couple good reads. You got to think that is going to be a monkey off of his back. It's going to feel like you know the eight hundred pound gorilla is been kicked out of the room. So I, I'm hoping to see that. And kind of in a similar vein to Deuce Vaughn. Uh, I think the same theme is there for Felix and Udike Uzama. You know, he, he has all these high hopes after 11.5 sacks last year. Defensive uh, player of the year, preseason player of the year in the Big 12. Now, I've said a few times that I don't think he's going to get to that number. I think he's going to be doubled and sometimes triple teamed. But if he comes out there and gets two sacks and a forced fumble, it'd be like Felix is back. You know, some of the folks myself, and I'm, I'm in that camp, who, who are saying, oh, he's not going to replicate what he did last year. And that's not a shot at him. That is not a shot at him at all. Because there are not many defensive ends, if any, in college football who are going to get to double-digit sacks if they are going to be double-teamed almost every single play. But if, if he comes out, beats those double-teams, gets a forced fumble, I think he was the leader in the NCAA in forced fumbles last year get a couple sacks I mean, he's gonna have the bill rocking beyond stat watching for those star players i i again I'll, I'll have an eye on kt lev as he returns the left tackle i want to see him excel but until i do until i see him dominate a game and honestly for better or worse i'm probably gonna need to see him dominate all non-conference um that that that's what i'm gonna need to see to start feeling confident about this move for Cooper Beebe down to left guard. Because again, when you move the first team, all Big 12 left tackle, the guard, you have to have someone who, if he's not a first team, all Big 12 type guy, you gotta hope he's at least a contender for second team or at worst honorable mention. So I need to see KT have a big game. And could we see Jake Rubley's debut again? Going back to it, Coach Kleiman hinted that he will try to preserve Will Howard's redshirt. So that, if that is true, you have to presume in mop-up duty it is going to go straight to the kid from Colorado. You know, Jake Rubley looks like he's straight out of you know a made-for-TV movie of what a starting quarterback should look like. We have not we, we didn't see him. We have not seen him on the field yet. I would love to see him. And again, there's no chance I'm leaving early. If there's a blowout, if I can get a glimpse at Jake Rubley, I want to see this kid and what he has in his back pocket. I want to see him sling it. Now, he'll probably be turning and handing the ball off to DJ, to Big Tony Frias, to Shippers. But I'd love to see him spin it. And lastly, uh, I want to see... Actually, not lastly. I want to see the newcomers at safety. No, I don't want to see any big plays. I'm confident in those safeties. But anytime you're switching out, you know, three starters at the back end of your defense, again, I'll be... Worried's not the right word, but I I will be keeping a close eye on it. And then lastly, now is lastly, I want to see Chris Tennant be perfect. Um, Hopefully he only needs a kick PATs, but he did struggle with some of the short ones last year. Um, He wasn't uh perfect by any by any means he has a bomb he has a leg the guy can boot it but I just want to just want to see him perfect um something that I did miss from uh coach Kleiman's press conference coach clyman did make sure to uh single out platner uh platner who's the long snapper as the best long snapper in college football I hope that's right. I've, I've never seen them have a bad snap, uh, but but I did want to make sure I got to that because I, I do love special teams. I love the long snappers. Uh, let's get into the Keys to V. They are presented by Charlie Hustle. Remember, if you use promo code BOSCO15, you can get 15% off any any and all items over at Charlie Hustle's website. Not only do they have their great K-State collection, I'll be wearing my Glory into the Combat Uh, shirt on Saturday, but they also have all sorts of other great shirts, including their Arrowhead collection, their classic Casey hearts and much more. So if you want some great officially licensed Casey gear from a local Kansas city company, as well as some great Kansas city shirts, head over to Charlie hustle today and use promo code Bosco 15. All right. For the keys to V this year, I'm going to of course have my two keys, but I did outsource out a tweet to the boneheads to get theirs as well from mike smith mike come on mike shout out to mike longtime bonehead he says get the passing game going get martinez in rhythm with the pass catchers and establish confidence this could be huge for the entire season i'm right there with you mike if you get adrian martinez to have you know kind of like a skylar thompson the nfl type game where he distributes the ball to a handful of wide receivers Very few interceptions, zero turnovers, maybe a tutty or two. I think that would be massive for Adrian Martinez. Not just, again, for the South Dakota game, but moving forward. The other one is from Coley Dub down in Texas, down in Austin, Texas. He is a regular for the live show. Uh, Remember, we're going live Wednesday, 7 p.m. on Spotify Live. Stay tuned. Keep your eye on the... Uh, Twitter pages, Bosco's Boys and Scott Wildcat will tweet out links right at 7 when we get started. Coley Dub says, establish roles, solidify depth. And he followed it up saying, well, that's not really a key to V, but that is something that is going to be a key to V for the entire season. Chris Kleiman mentioned it no less than five times about wanting to get as many guys on the field as possible to see what we got. It's important. I'm right there with Coley Dub, but Figure out the roles for the big-time players, for everyone on the two-deep, and then find the depth. Because, again, I think that K-State's starting 22 can go head-to-head with anyone in the Big 12. And, and I don't think... I don't think too many people would disagree with it. Where the worries come are the depth. So if you can develop the depth, if you can take care of business early and big and be able to play these guys, not just on special teams, but on offense and defense, I think that'd be massive. So I thought that was a good one from Coley Dub. Mine is in that same vein, my first one. It's get out of this game with no injuries. Again, it's it's not just a key to V for this game, because as we saw last year when Skyler went down versus Southern Illinois. Another you know comparable type team, a playoff contender in the FCS level. We saw what can happen. We saw what could happen last year, and we saw what could happen, you know, last time South Dakota came to town. Now I, I don't think there were any major injuries there. I think that was more Bill fucking around trying to figure out who to play Skyler Thompson or Alex Dalton. Um, but get out of the game with no injuries. And the final one is go out there and play with some swagger. Now, you have to respect the opponent. You do. You have to respect them because, as we've laid out, I mean, KC has lost to an FCS team before. We've had a handful of close calls versus FCS teams before. But if you go out there and play with some swagger and just have fun out there, you're going to win. Now, if you, if you go out there too tight, if you're too worried, then mistakes get made. Then what could be a you know, 25-yard play only goes for seven. If you go out there with the swagger, with the confidence, when you play like the big dogs that we think we are, we should have no problem with this game. So those are the four keys of E. Uh, get the passing game going early. Uh Get out of this game with no injuries, establish roles, solidify depth, and play with swagger. Now, there's probably, actually, I know there are better, you know, football big brains. Shout out to Jimmy, Derek Young, all sorts of folks. I'm sure they will have plenty of their own higher brow, better football IQ type keys to V. Uh, but that's what we got. And we will grade those in the post game show that you guys will get to listen to on Monday. Now it is time for our game picks where I'm going to be going head-to-head with the Boneheads all season. I think Grant finished last year with the win, so Grant went out on top until he maybe returns next season, season after, maybe never. Door will always be open, but Grant went out on top, so it's going to be me versus the Boneheads. But before we do, remember, check out all of our friends out at the 1012 Network. Again, we're rocking with Sports Drink until the end of time. But 1012 Network is now under the umbrella. Check out the flagship show, the 1012 Pod, and then all the other great shows, including the Raspy Voice Kids. If you want to hear something good before that backyard brawl, be sure to check out my friends. Again, I've also been a guest on Andy Mitt's Rock Chalk Pod and the Texas Tech show Tortillas and Takes. And I'm sure I'm going to have different folks from all the different 1012 Pods on later on this season again you should be hearing from philip slavin the host of the 1012 pod tomorrow breaking down a quick little primer of the big 12 game of the week check them all out at ten12network.com that is the word 10 the number 12 network.com all right pickham is back again it's head-to-head scott versus the boneheads we all start the year Zero in zero. Now, hand up, this will not be a very exciting week. Uh, I definitely should have picked LSU Florida State instead of Georgia Oregon. And the Big 12 games are absolute snoozers. I mean, there's only one real uh, game. Again, upsets happen. I'd be shocked if the Big 12 went 9-1. and one. Odds are at least one team is going to get upset. But it is what it is. Let's get into it. I'll also kind of give my takes and commentary because why not? We're starting off the Big 12 season. Oklahoma State has a revenge game with Central Michigan. Folks want to go back. The untimed down that should have been, should not have been. The Chippewas got out of Stillwater with a win the last time. I think Oklahoma State wins this one big. I think Mike Gundy runs it up if he gets the chance. Boneheads are big time on Oklahoma State 98 2 2. Okay, Thursday night, the other Thursday night game, it is on the Backyard Brawl in Pittsburgh. They're selling out that stadium for the first time in decades. And, of course, it's going to be filled with West Virginia fans. I think it's going to feel like a neutral site game. It's going to be exciting. It's on ESPN at 6 p.m. I'll be rooting for West Virginia. Now, I'm on the record. I think Neil Brown gets fired this year, although I said that before I saw his... 20 million dollar buyout uh because i I think they're gonna lose i think they're gonna lose this game i think they're also gonna lose at virginia tech so i think uh west virginia fans and their administration are gonna end up ousting neil brown after reviving 2 longtime rivalries on the road losing it and having a rough big 12 season the boneheads agree with me they have pit 73% 73% confidence in Pitt. Again, I think Philip Slavin tomorrow, if that's his game of the week, which I can't imagine what other game it would be, I think he's going to go with West Virginia. I think he's very high on the Mountaineers. Friday Night Lights, KU kicks off versus a putrid Tennessee Tech team, 7 p.m. on ESPN+. Boneheads have KU 59%. Uh, folks, if KU even struggles at all in this one, just rip up your KU over two and a half tickets. Uh, b- because Tennessee Tech is one of the worst FCS programs in the entire nation. I think KU could win this one by 20, 30 points. I don't think this is even close. Late night, 9 p.m. on ESPN on Friday night. TCU is going to Boulder, Colorado. The Boneheads are rocking with TCU, who is a massive 14th point favorite on the road I don't know anything about Colorado I'm bearish on TCU I would not and again can't it'll be legal it will be legal uh, you can bet on this game I would not touch TCU as a 14 point favorite if my life depended on it TCU wins but I, I think it's I don't think it's 14 points getting into Saturday slate I would say luckily you're staying away from FCS teams with the pulse. Otherwise, it would be a close one. They're hosting SEMO, Southeast Missouri, uh, 1 p.m. ESPN Plus. Boneheads have Iowa State 91%. I'm, uh, I'm shocked the bon- Boneheads are that high on them, but I'm right there with them. I think Iowa State wins. Another sluser, snoozer, Albany at Baylor, 98% going to Baylor, 6 p.m. ESPN Plus. Another snoozer, Murray State at Texas Tech, 7 p.m. ESPN Plus. 99% going with the Red Raiders. And in uh, keeping the snoozers again. Lots of snoozers. Uh, In a battle between longtime K-State assistants and K-State graduates, Dana Dimmel's UTEP minors go to Oklahoma for the debut of Brent Venables, leading the Sooners. The Boneheads have 89% confidence in OU. I agree with them. That will be on Big Boy Fox at 2.30. Final non-K-State game, Texas hosts Louisiana Monroe. 7 p.m. Longhorn Network. Again, if Texas doesn't win that one by at least 30, I Things will not be great on the 40 acres. Uh, Like I said, pick the wrong SEC neutral site game. The Georgia Bulldogs take on the Oregon Ducks in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. It is a top 15 game. The Boneheads 87% confident in the Dogs Saturday, 2.30 p.m. This game, coupled with uh, the next one, could shut out the Pac-12 from the playoff. I think that if they go 0 in these two games, the Pac-12 will once again be left out of the playoff. That is the number seven Utah Utes are going to Florida. They're only a three-point favorite over a Florida Gators team that has been kind of surrounded with a lot of controversy, a lot of drama, and Billy Napier's, uh, I, I believe, first year. Times are not good in Gainesville right now. Utah is supposed to be a playoff contender. They are ranked number seven. They're a only a three-point favorite down in Florida. That's wild. The Boneheads have Utah sixty-five percent. I'm not. No, I'm not going with Utah. There's a. I think there's a very good chance that the Boneheads kick my ass this week because I'm gonna get. I am gonna go out there with a couple of these upsets. Uh, I'm not going with Utah. I'm going with Florida. I think Florida. Pulls this one off. The Pac-12 will be in shambles once again. Having their two highest ranked teams lose the two biggest marquee games in their non-conference slate. The next one, future conference mates. The Cincinnati Bearcats coming off of their playoff appearance for a top 25 matchup with Arkansas. Down there around the deranged, deranged Arkansas Razorback fans, this is 2.30 on ESPN. Um, It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. The Boneheads have Cincinnati in the closest uh, poll this week, 56%. I'm going with Arkansas. I think Arkansas at home are going going to be too much for the future Big 12 Bearcats. I think Arkansas wins this one uh, single digits. This is a one-possession game, but Arkansas ends up doing it, and everyone's going to start creaming their pants over Sam Pittman. Which, I think, I mean, our, Arkansas is going to be salty this year. But, uh, I mean, it is what it is. Win games, people falling over you. It's okay. Uh, this is a top five matchup. Ohio State is hosting Notre Dame. 630 ABC. This is where college game day is going to be. Boneheads, 87% for Ohio State. I don't think that's high enough. I think there's a chance Ohio State boat races them by 24. I think Notre Dame at number five is the most overrated, overranked team in the entire nation. I think Notre Dame, and it's not like they have a murderer's gauntlet of a season. I think they are a 7-5 or 8-4 at best team this year. I think Notre Dame gets absolutely spanked. And the last one before you hear my score prediction for this K-State game, this is a wild one. North Carolina is going on the road at 11 a.m. on ESPNU 2 Appalachian state the boneheads have North Carolina not me I'm going with the Appalachian state bonehead or uh, not boneheads the Mountaineers the Appalachian state Mountaineers they get it done this is gonna be rocking I haven't looked close enough at the schedule because there's no way this game should be on ESPNU this is going to be a great atmosphere at Appalachian state the Mountaineers are going to pull it off and finally the game we've all been waiting for since January The Bonehead's 99% confident that we're going to beat South Dakota. Would love to know who voted for South Dakota. I think we win. I think we're going to get it done. And I think we are going to do it with relative ease. I think that my fears will not come to fruition. I think K-State wins this game 41. We'll say 41 to. 12 41 to 12 that's the official score prediction for this one all right boneheads uh tomorrow we're gonna have our first ever thursday whip around show that will feature all the primers and some new uh segments for that one i'm excited for you guys to listen to it today as you guys are listening to this we will have the live show 7 p.m on spotify green room i'll be tweeting out a link to it When it goes live. We're going back to the traditional live show for a game format. I'm pumped. That will publish Friday for your listening pleasures. So that's all we have. Folks, it is almost here. I can almost feel it. It is that close. So for all of my family who came before me that wore the purple... For my co-host, Chauncey Bosco, and for all the boneheads out there, we love you, and go cats. It's time to get set for the cat attack. You can feel the excitement. You can feel it coming on. For Kansas State, the feeling's growing strong. You can join in the action. This is where you want to be With Kansas State Come on, set your spirit free Kansas State Our pride is with the cats Kansas State Come on